Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to this segment on CIO Talk Network. To learn more about uh, us, it is CIOTalkNetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter and look for the show as hashtag leadership and hashtag Wednesday wisdom. Today's topic is building and harnessing uh, 360-degree leaders. And we have Bruce Shinali, Vice President of IT and Chief Information Officer for TTX Company. Hey, Bruce, how are you? I'm really good, Sanji. Very good. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so today the topic we wanted to t- take this because I know you're a great leader and you always, uh, you know, champion the, the, uh, the fact that we have to build other leaders. Now, that the one thing is to talk about succession planning where when you suppose win a lottery and move on, then somebody has to take the helm and, and you know, for that they should be prepared. But there are many other uh, in the hierarchy, even though we're trying to become flat organizations, but still there are people who are in middle management or who are aspiring leaders, but they've not achieved that title yet. And for some reason, that not having that title or not being at that level makes them feel as if they cannot lead. And that's what is more like uh, we need to demythify that concept. And people have been talking about lead from the middle. But then, you know, has it been given lip service or actually they understand what does it mean and how do they maximize it? So that's what we wanted to discuss today. And, and so to, to that end, it seems 99% are basically feeling the leadership feels and it, it occurs because not from the top down, but from the middle of the organization. That is actually, uh, that's most of the, the leaders say and most of the organizational development people say. Is that true? I think that's absolutely true, Sandrag. I, the 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 point about leadership, right, is that if you look at say the top, there's a few people. So uh, you know, an old saying uh, that I've always liked is that the pyramid gets really small at the top. Well, if that's true, uh, you could have. I mean, you're going to have to have a broad spectrum of people with leadership qualities uh, throughout your organization, and that should get uh, more and more or larger and larger, uh, the further you get away from uh, the top of the hierarchy. So it certainly seems, you know, uh, that, that they've got, you're just observing what's in the real world, that, uh, that you're going to have more leaders or people that have leadership qualities or exhibit leadership qualities uh, throughout an organization, um, e- even, if, even if you uh, make the relatively broad assumption that everybody at the top uh, is a leader. So, if if that's the case, and you say pyramid is up at this uh, the top, while I'm not sure about your organization, but many organizations they say, okay, we have leaders, and then we have mid managers, versus calling that okay, we have all the way as as far down as you can. You 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 say that we are a bunch of leaders working together. What, what well, is what is preventing us from saying that? Well, no, what I I, I think that you've got to make a distinction, and this goes back. Uh, you know, the, a lot of people would, would think of this differently, but me personally, I look at it that there's management and there's leadership, and the two things are different. Uh, and, and one of the more succinct ways that I think that I've heard about is that leadership creates, um, you know, manage, management's about giving a set of tasks and getting somebody to do them. 
leadership is about winning the hearts and minds, whether that's, you know, in any direction. So that's, that's really the point. It's, it's get, you know, management is saying this needs to be done. Uh, I'm not really, you know, convinced whether you like it or not. And leadership is more about how do we get people to want to do the things that need to be done in the way that, that they need to do them so that it's most effective for the organization. So with that definition, let's take an example in the IT org, for example. So you got a a software developer, then you got a team leader who is technically leading them, then you could have a manager, then a director and a vice president and a CIO. So while all this is going on, their respective reportees, if you will, yes, they will inform them that, okay, we need to get a certain job done in a certain way, and that's where they may be wearing the management hat, but to make them feel the best they can be and the, the to make them perform the best they can, they have to have some leadership component. In fact, a lot more leadership than the directions. So would you not say then that the management and leadership coexists in every one? Well, they, well they, they do coexist. I mean, I'm not saying that, they, that you only have one without the other. What I'm saying is that uh, to manage is not necessarily to lead. Sure, so, agreed. Right, so so they they do coexist, but then say you've got that, you know, that very distinct hierarchy, and in fact, that's pretty close to what we have. But uh, so so in general, you, you say start at the top, and you say that the closer you are to the top, the more it is about strategy and direction. It's less about doing because if you're doing, um, you know, I'll I'll just say that uh, a long time ago. Um, one of my uh, one of my bosses told me that hey, if you and I are doing the same thing, one of us is redundant. So you know, you're at the top, you're setting strategy and directions, less about doing. But the closer you get to the bottom, it's more about doing. That doesn't mean that you can't lead in your doing. It's am I doing what I'm told, or do I understand what I'm supposed to do, and am I adding value on top of that? And not only that. That means that I'm also sort of, say, spreading that word or helping those around me and leading them. Uh, it's, do I understand the mission and I'm going to try to add additional value, you know, not complain that nobody's giving me a chance. It's, it's more about um, understanding that depending on, you know, where you're at, the higher you're at, the more you can say, I want you to do this this way. That's not necessarily helpful. But, the, you know, like leading by influence the closer you get to the bottom of the pyramid but that's still really key because that's how you first learn or or can see your most effective leaders if they can influence those around them with just natural leadership skills and that's what you want to look at and develop so with with this uh, description that you gave, typically when you look at someone who is doing anything which is related to management, which is to set expectation, lay out a task for the team, etc., that is coming from an instruction outside in to that person. But when it has to be also, the person has also has to demonstrate the leadership trait, which is to influence people and others. It has to come out, come inside out which means from that person's value system, the beliefs and everything else, all of that when churned together and if you have the right recipes, only when this person is going to demonstrate it. That means you have to not work on the, the surface, but perhaps more on the, the ingredients what makes a leader. 
And if you can introduce those ingredients, develop those ingredients is how this manager who otherwise is just assigning tasks, doing his job as a manager, can also demonstrate leadership. And, and that also has a challenge in some cases where the manager, the person who's owning the title of a manager is not demonstrating because they feel helpless or they don't believe that that's either their responsibility or they have the capability to deliver that. How do, you, how do you get these people who are that level while are expected to have it, but either don't have the ingredient or have the wrong belief system or don't feel that they're capable? I'm sorry, say the last part again. The last, the, 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 they, don't, they don't feel they're capable. Well, I, you know, he, all right. So, I mean, here's a, a, a um, Leadership skills, in, in my opinion, one person's opinion, um, they're, they're like any other skill. And I think that, that we all have them either through nature or nurture to greater or lesser extents. So in a lot of cases, people that are natural leaders, they already feel capable. So, so I'm going to, you know, be a bit of a contrarian there and say, well, you know, the ones that you're looking for when you're looking at succession, they're the ones that don't necessarily are able to overcome those challenges of, I'm not believed, I'm going to try a different way to get my ideas across whatever level I'm at and not allow the world to, to stop me. Almost the same you know, sorts of traits that you might see in an entrepreneur. It's a belief. And they have that, and then you can develop that. So, since, since it's like a muscle, right? Leadership, it, like think of leadership uh, or the different traits as different sets of your muscles. I mean, you got to go to the gym and exercise them. You have to use them. And that's trying different things and, and using different techniques to build those muscles. And, and I think that it's incumbent upon other leaders to, to try to help people and to do the same thing. But it, like you're not going to take, uh, you know, this is, Basic personality tests. Let let people take personality tests, and I think it, it's a huge disservice um, to everyone to say that oh, everyone has leadership skills in equal measure, and that we just have to train them. And it's like that's just absolutely not true. Everybody can lead to some extent. Like I said, it's like muscles. But you know, some people uh, they exercise and they've got huge ones to flex, and other people exercise and. And, and they may or may not really ever have much. So you, you, you have to look at, at the leadership that you've got or the leaders that, you're, that you have, and you identify those, and those are the ones you sort of help along. Um, hopefully that's making, making a little bit of sense. But I, it, it does, I think, and see, to that I wanted to uh, add or, or rather you know, give another perspective is suppose you have a manager, right? So you mentioned about succession planning. Yes, someone who's supposed to eventually be taken up there. You um, you would like to make sure that they have showing that natural quality of a leader. But then even at the, at the level when somebody's a manager, so yes, you want them to do things right, which is what we talk about how a manager is supposed to be. At the same time, you want that person to be able to bring the most best out of their people. And for that, you need to have 
you have to see if that person has the right uh, ingredients where they're able to influence people better, have them feel best about themselves, and that's a leadership quality. So in a way, we are subconsciously calling them, ma- we're calling the manager, but subconsciously we're looking for some leadership trait there. But in, in some cases, what has been seen is people just have been living the manager title but not developing or don't demonstrate the leadership traits and they still have been put in that role which in a way undermines the overall outcome that you will get from a team because this manager is just remaining a manager and that's absolutely absolutely the case and and this is not unique to information technology in fact every single um you see it in every type of business and every type of industry, you see it all over the place. It's quite frequently we, when somebody has a, has a really overdeveloped set of skills in one area, uh, I think that human beings have a tendency to then think that that translates to other skill sets. So as an example, you could have a great individual salesman, and because he was a great individual salesman, you promote them to the head of sales, hoping that that magic spreads to everybody else. But sometimes it doesn't. In a lot of cases, it doesn't. Because the ability to inspire other sales individuals or teach them doesn't necessarily translate as a thing that allows them to instinctively uh, be able to close a sale. The same is true with uh, you know, information technology. It's, it's, saying, it's looking at someone who's done a, a fantastic job as a single contributor, whether it's like, uh, say it's on the help desk. Uh, your, your coworkers and customers love this person, consistently gets you know, top notches in all their views, and uh, uh, seems to demonstrate you know, an ability to uh, uh, you know, work independently and things like that. And then, so next thing you know, you promote them in charge of a help desk team, and maybe they fail miserably. Because you're not looking at that, you're not looking at what the true leadership skill sets were. Is that making sense? Yes, it does. And and so so we will we would like to take a quick break here, listeners. And when we come back, let's explore the same idea, but in a context where we we can term it as like a 360 degree leader. So if I wanted that manager who we were discussing who did not demonstrate the leadership skills and thus is not able to influence, how about uh, identifying traits if they were to acquire, which will allow them to lead people, not only the ones who report to them, but also in a way influence the people who are peers as well as their bosses, so that and in a positive manner, so that it it, it results in the best outcome for the organization. So, what are those some of those tra- traits? What is going to allow these regular managers to become those influential middle leaders? Let's explore it. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, 
IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, in order for a, a, a middle manager, the manager who we were discussing, who may just be doing the, the things in the right manner and just being a taskmaster to acquire as traits in order for them to be effective and influential, middle leaders so that they don't only uh, make an impact to the team that, that reports to them, but also to their peers and also upwards, which is the bosses. What, what would that take? Well, I, I think it takes a, a lot of personal credibility. Um, and I also think that it takes, you know, sort of uh, the right measure of, of, of risk-taking. It's like understanding the mission, um, you know, like managing up is always a unique art in the, in the sense that you know, do you really understand, um, you know, there's really no, there's really no secret to it. While it is an art form, there's no secret. If your boss wants something, you drop everything and you do it. But is that is that one. is that a right way when the boss says that I want this and it may not be in the best interest of the organization and you drop everything and you do it? Is or, or, or it's not legal or immoral? <laughs> that is so true. Now at the same so, time, like the, the same situation, if I were to take, if I have to manage someone up, and I know that I could be doing something different, which is going to be in overall best interest of the organization, the person should have the capability to be able to go back and say, okay, I definitely I'll do it. For you and much more. However, I have this thing that we have to do, so you let me know how you want to handle it. Which one would would create more value for the business? Besides, of course, making sure that they don't alienate the boss because they were not heard or they were not followed. That's like managing up, isn't it? Well, kind of. I mean, like, you're there to try to keep them out of trouble. So, like, but you need to... When I say drop everything in and do, do what they ask, I'm not saying that you do it like a robot. So if you, you're supposed to have an opinion, and you can express that strongly. But the real secret to understanding, you know, to me as a middle manager, to be great, a great leader, you've got to be a great follower. At some time, you have to shut up and soldier. It's like I can't, you know, like if, I, if I'm a middle manager, right, and, and uh, you know, uh, well, here, I'm, I'm just a VP, right? So I have a boss. You know, our CEO comes out and says, hey, do this. All right. I could tell him, hey, you know, boss, I don't think that's the best idea. I think we should go this way and whatever. And then he says, no, no, this is what I want you to do. So here's great leadership or here's understanding leadership. And this is the, these are the things you tell your middle managers. It's at that point. At that point, I have to own that. I'm a member of the organization. That's my leader. My leader told me that this is what he wants to execute. I can't walk into my, into my direct reports, my senior staff, and say, yeah, boss said we got to do this. So do the best you can. How do you think that's going to turn out? 
Probably I mean, not so- very well. Mm-hmm. So, so you have to own that. You have to own those things and believe them that this is the best thing for the organization at that time. You know, I gave my opinion, but like I said, you know, short of saying, uh, you know, cook the books or something like that. But it's, it's, it's basically, I have to own that, that this is my idea. So I go to my group and I'm like, hey, you know, we've got a new direction. We're going to do this, this, and this. You know, you're going to do, and I want to see this. And, and you have to act like you, like you have to own that. And if you don't own it, you're never going to be, if you can't own that, you'll never be, in my opinion, a really great leader. So, yeah, on the surface, it would look like the fact that you owned it, even though you didn't believe it, is is becoming demoting yourself to a manager. But the fact that you actually said, okay, I, in some, some part of me still says that I would have done it differently, but because my boss said so. And then I, you go and, and paint a picture for that to become the vision. You become more of a conduit for the top boss to, to the rest of them so that the, you know, the, the, the lieutenants execute on it. Then so you're Tony, preserving. I'm just going to interrupt you and, and say that uh, I, I, I want to be very clear. You don't act and you don't think in the back of your mind that, oh, I would have done it differently because you, you, we also are very adept you know, as humans in picking up subtle cues from other people when you don't believe it, whether it's body language, facial expression. So when I say own it, I mean own it. There, there was no other way. You're going to execute this and make it work. That's, you have to believe it because if you don't believe it, nobody else will. So in your view, the fact that the way you mentioned, and then suppose you were training someone of your lieutenants about the same leadership skill where you say you own it because at some point we have to not um, contradict what our superior is saying or what our leader is saying, what, how do you process? Because this is a processing thing, right? You're processing that instruction and keeping your own 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 inputs or your own thinking aside and saying because I, I, I tried it did not you know but we but he must have a reason if they explain awesome if they don't explain then it becomes an order how do you prevent that to be the case when you're telling your subordinate something and the reason I'm trying to can explore this a little bit because a lot of people who are going to be in the middle will always feel that I'm just getting orders. Well, versus being able to own it. Well, the difference is like, and it's, it's a learning process and, you know, for, you know, all parts of leadership. And that's it. Okay. Here's a great example, Sandra. You've got development teams and you've got say infrastructure teams. If this, if this is people, you know, in, in information technology listening and you, you know, quite often the way that you're going to approach or solve a problem is completely different from those points of view or the things that they want or think they need can create some sort of conflict about, you know, what direction the whole organization has to go. Who gets to break the ties? Right? That's typically say me. Well, if if I'm telling, you know, if I, you know, this time say, look, I'm going to go, you know, we need to change how we're connecting business. We're going to, you know, as an example, go to DevOps or whatever, and, and, you know, on the other side, the guy's like, we're not set up for that. And I don't really believe that that's the right thing to do right now. 
And, but I say, nope, that's what we're going to do. That's the strategy. So it's not really something that's right or wrong. It's just, it's a, it's a strategy. And you had two, difference, two differences of opinion, but nope, that's what I get paid to do is set the strategy. I've listened to your concerns, and I'm like, you know what? What I want to hear from you is solutions. I want to hear what you can do, not what you can't do. We're going to do this. Now, if he walks back to his group and says, you know, I, you know, I, I really don't think this is a great idea, but, you know, boss says we got to do this, and so you know we're gonna, you know we're gonna do it. Does that sound inspirational to the team? <laughs> Definitely that... not. So, so, the, but the point is, like, I just gave an example, and like you're thinking in terms of this, say, like a CEO telling the telling the group, and I'm saying those are real examples. These happen every day, and. What I tell you know, my leadership, my senior leadership, is my expectation is that they own it. And if I hear in any way that they don't, you know, that's, that starts down the path of that, to me, is not leadership performance. And I'm paying people to be leaders. And, and I promoted them to be leaders. And leading is, give me your best opinion, but when, you know, when a decision is made, you have to shut up and soldier. Give so, me your best opinion. Then move. And that's from the top. And then looking at the bottom, right? So you get this middle manager, and that's what, to me, somebody is looking for, what I would look for as a great leader. It's like, did they understand my message, and are they owning it? And the same thing would be true for me. I'm trying to take the message that I get uh, you know, further up the chain, whether it's from our board or, or, or uh, you know, our CEO, about what strategies are important. Hey, you know, like, that's what he's getting paid to do. Um, I'm going to try to execute that to the best of my ability. So let's let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, I guess what we will do is we will talk about the different areas in in which the the CEOs, for example, are uh, basically making a difference. And we also want, like, suppose Bruce in your role, CI is making a difference. Everybody is is attempting to make a difference. However, when it starts going below a certain level, there are a bunch of myths that exist, which is causing people to believe that they cannot make that difference, if you will. They can execute orders, but they're not able to uh, make that difference. And then that stifles creativity, creativity that you know, stifles uh, people ex- demonstrating leadership and or initiative. So what is, it, what, what is to be done so that the people who are carrying these myths, the fact that they cannot be at the top, so that's why they cannot lead, to identify those myths and to demythify is going to be the, 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 the biggest responsibility for the top leadership. But is that being done in a formal and or a conscious manner? Because if it's not, then you got a lot of high-quality values and outputs getting squelched. And as a result, the company loses. So what does it take? Uh, Let's explore that when we come back from the break. Please stay tuned. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. 
Each week on CTN, CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoke All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Bruce, the myths that prevent these managers from becoming leaders or people who don't have the top title to believe that they cannot lead until they get to the top, what could those myths be and how do we get rid of them so we don't undermine what a performance can be brought about by everyone involved in the middle layer and, of course, as a result, the the company benefits? Let's say the like the first myth that 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 I would that I would sort of uh, try to get rid of is that um, you know that it, it's when you feel like I, if I don't have the enough or the right resources to get done what needs to be done, like that's myth number one, right? In other words, I you know I've looked at this job and if I don't have you know six more people, I can't do it or those types of things. The, the, a, a key question to, 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 ask, to always ask yourself isn't what I can't do, it's what I can do. So let's just you know, throw that one away right away. It's, nobody really cares about what you can't do. What we want to know is what you can do. So that's the number one thing. Um, it's do you understand the objective and the desired outcome? And can you get it done? The second one is, you know, am I going to let, um, you know, perfection be the enemy of good enough? So that's, uh, you know, another, uh, almost another way of saying the same thing. But, you know, a lot of people look at that differently and they're like, hey, this is just a, um, uh, you know, the idea that, that, I have to have all this stuff in place or the, you know, this process won't work or I can't have this impact in the organization. It's like, nope, that's not true. What can you do at any given time? And then I think the biggest one, the the very largest myth is that you can't impact anything because of culture or, you know, whatever. yes, those are obstacles, but obstacles were, were, are there to be overcome. So, if if those people are carrying that myth and you s- maybe see them directly or you hear about them and the goal is to help those people to convert and unravel those myths for them and or help them get over those obstacles so they stop doing it what would be some some of the specific action items or 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 coachings and and then the learnings that are to be imparted to these people so they don't carry it or if this is supposed to be discounted as a nurture issue and they should be removed from that position because we cannot change that from or remove that from their dna because the way they were built well that that may very well be the case but uh the you know your your latter statement but the reality is that 
one of the ways to do it, I mean, that's one of the, say, the, uh, a leadership test would be to, um, you know, as people come up and, and they're throwing out, uh, they've got belief systems, they're using their experience, and, their, and um, but part of it would be to say, okay, uh, that, that's great, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but, but what can you do with what you have? Come back and give me what you can accomplish given what you have. And if, if the answer, and then, you know, a lot of that is uh, if, if you have good leadership on top of you, they should know what's the art of the possible or providing you a goal that's, that's a stretch, but, you know, that might look out of reach, but is doable. And then, but those are the types of things that, that you want to do. Like that's your training. But if, if you always have that same discussion, then you've made no progress. What you want to see is, uh, you know, a strong leader will probably start adapting to what you're asking, and they'll be answering those questions before they even get to you. So then, there are uh, some exi- there are people existing in the organization who are demonstrating it. So do you have, as sure. a leader, or supposed to have a, a feedback mechanism or your ears and eyes, like extended ears and eyes, which kind of tell you that? And then are there specific ways when when by which you tackle them so that they the bleeding stops, if you will. Well, I think I, I, I mean you need so so if you have those as leadership principles, right? So it's the same thing. If I can get you know, like as a core teaching, what I want my direct leadership, my you know, IT senior leadership to do is exactly that. It's to expect the same things from their managers. Like, it should pay itself all the way down. I don't need, I mean, my eyes and ears are those around me. They should be doing that. And, and, and if they're not, then I, ha- then I have issues. And I'm not saying it happens all the time, but that's what you're working on. You're working on having those around you do the same thing, and then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where you've, you've created the circumstances by which everybody should be doing it. And then you can kind of see where there's pockets that aren't quite working that well, and those are areas that you that you've got to sort of look for uh, other ways and and uh, different motivations, but or you know make make changes. And so, even though you may have the best interest, and I'm sure your lieutenants would also develop uh, those, uh, or they may have the leadership skills so that they are taking care of the people below them. If if we were to look at that, there are many, many organizations where they say, oh, you've got an amazing top leadership and an amazing, you know, uh, the cabinet, if you will, the, the lieutenants. But then rest of the organization still has a concern. Something is getting lost in translation or something is not getting implemented to the point where these middle leaders are actually transforming. So they got some, not reprimands, but, but maybe uh, guidance and coaching and mentoring but the things are not improving for them. So would you attribute that to a wrong hire and live with it? Or do you do something to move to a place where they would be better successful and replace them with people who will do it? So, so these things are happening on a regular basis. However, I don't want to paint a negative picture, but there are enough managers who have been put in manager positions across many, many organizations who do not demonstrate the leadership trait. And the people who are the workers, who are the field staff, they report to these managers and they would not want to work there. Either they, their, their productivity suffers or they exit the organization. So I would say right off the bat that I'll challenge your first assumption, your first assertion and its assumption, and that's that the top leadership is good. Because if they were, 
they would be taking care of that. So if they sit there and say that our middle management is no good, there's only one place to look. I, I mean, it's either you're not developing it, whatever you have, or you're, you know, you have the wrong people. You know, that goes back to an old saying, right? Change your people or change your people. This upper leadership is all about people. It's nothing to do. I don't care, like I said, whether it's sales or it's, or it's marketing or it's technology or it's operations. It doesn't matter. All senior leadership is about people. So the question is, comes yeah, yeah, go ahead, go, go ahead. No, I was just to say this technical stuff comes separate. So in, in this case, you, of course, mentioned that we have to look up to the leader and that person is the one who has an issue. Now, some leaders would take that as a signal and behave themselves and or improve themselves or exit the organization. But in many organizations, we know that the leaders may not be as effective, but that doesn't mean that that person should feel like an orphan because he doesn't have a good leader, they cannot lead. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get that question answered, that there will be organizations where leader is not the most effective. How do you, in those situations, or what would be your advice for those middle managers who recognize that the, the top leadership is not as effective, but since they are there, they're getting paid, and also they have volunteered to work in this organization to lead from middle, and in that process grow themselves and also add value to the organization? And not use not an effective leader as an excuse for them not performing or not right. being a good leader. Well, I think it goes back to the idea of whether you like it or not, right? You're there and you can express an opinion. You can, you know, do what you're supposed to do for the organization. But at some point, you know, you've got to, like, you have to, you have to do things in a way that supports the leadership that you have. That's all I can tell you. I mean, there's no magic bullet here in the sense that, um, you, you know, like if you're a leader and you want to lead or you are leading anyway, generally what you're doing is you're getting things done in a way that supports whatever vision you're getting from your senior leadership and you're inspiring those beneath you to do the same thing or those around you, even if you're a, you know, the, a, a, brand, new, a brand new developer. Like small leadership could be, if I'm a brand new developer, it's like, and I've, I've developed a, you know, a, 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 rather than complaining about everything, maybe I've got a new tool that I come out and I'm helping people around me. Uh, I'm making them better, that type of thing. So it's like, you can always, you can always do the best for what you have around you. And then a lot of that is, it's, am I supporting the vision, right or wrong, of the leadership and getting things done in a manner that they want them done. And that's how you would express leadership. And if you can't do that, then you move some other place. So in, in this scenario, the one which you, you just mentioned, yes, the person at the, the bottom is there. Now, is it the responsibility of that one person at the top? Because we kept going back to the top leader or leadership, if you will, or maybe a handful of those. But is in the organization... The, the, the people who are responsible for the overall organizational development, made be HR or other folks, who are supposed to look at it and, and somehow make sure that we are not dependent on one person coming, the organization becomes awesome. The other one comes, the organization totally deteriorates. 
is there a way to to make it people independent in terms of how the middle management is performing as a leader besides being a manager well i think that you know the like different organizations look at their human capital um you know differently certainly you'd like to have help from hr and get support in those programs but i don't know that in every organization you can depend on that um so you're saying that people have to this this whole issue of about becoming a 360 degree leader is is where you're leading from the middle etc is is primarily dependent on the top leadership or whosoever exists at a given time for that middle manager to be able to lead effectively and if suppose somebody else comes we are going to again challenge and or undermine that person's capability so are we is that is is that a truth that we we must accept and then create strategies around it I'd say yes, and I'm going to tell you why. Because everybody is a 360 leader. I mean, if you really want to get, you know, if you really want to get uh, philosophical, there's no such thing. You know, the, the, really, senior leadership has as a, is a dependence not on title but on size, right? So, um, as an example, I could you know put out a shingle and start a consulting business call myself president and ceo but i've got an employee base of one myself so am i you know how do i lead myself to you know go out and get business and to close business and to do all this so 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 that's at the very lowest level right but i've got a great title um but my customers are really who i have to influence and and provide value for and accept and figure out how to not only do what they're asking me to do but to to but to do what they really need done so that everybody's satisfied in the end right and then you you go up the you can go around the chain from there uh the ceo of a of a large multinational corporation he's answering to the board of directors uh if you read the news lately a lot of them haven't gone all that well but still they are and they're answering to somebody and they and they're answering in a very broad context to the markets to um you know whatever so everybody everybody's a 360 degree leader so saying that you know like I, like i may not want to um you know to march to the beat of a quarterly earnings release but if i'm a like i said a ceo of a large publicly traded multinational i am and i can't afford to you know have a bad day and spew at the financial analyst when i have my earnings call right sure everybody's got to got to do something about 360 degree leadership so getting back to where where it is if i'm a member of a middle management of that huge corporation um or somewhere buried deep in the you know in the in the bowels of the uh, information technology shop leadership is leadership it's about saying am i affecting those things around me am i am i doing the things in a way that in you know that say makes sense would make would would help out those above me and helps those around me contribute to that and we overall create more value than than uh than we would sit, sitting there and working by ourselves or just doing our tasks and that even even if you're getting not necessarily uh you know great leadership on the way down doesn't mean that you can't be that you can't exhibit great leadership skills let's take a quick break listeners we'll be right back and let's talk about inspiration which is very much important for a leader at any level so if you are 
uh, in a situation where you may have a larger organization, maybe the culture isn't the greatest, and you may have an ineffective leader or superior, and we are saying that you can lead from the middle, and, and you, you got to own it and kind of run with it. All of that requires some sort of a motivation, some sort of inspiration. Where do you go? Should you just look within and look for a reservoir of inspiration somehow? Or there are other sources which would allow you to, to kind of uh, harness and, and, and uh, leverage in order for you to remain inspired, remain motivated, and have the energy level, mental and physical, to go ahead and continue to be that leader who is leading from middle. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, having an environment where the leader the top leadership may be not as effective. The culture doesn't really look like it's very conducive, but you are part of the middle management. You need a job. You're not going to stay just for the job. And if you have to maintain your leadership trait, if you will, you got to get inspiration. You have to have the energy to be able to continue with the same level of gusto and, and, and be able to deliver. Where would that spark come from? Where would that inspiration come from? I think the first place it comes from is inside. There's, you know, uh, like we were speaking earlier, it's, it's if you don't believe in yourself, most likely nobody else is going to believe in you either. So it all, like a lot of that's just going it, to, it, it's just what you bring to the table. Um, and and most, most really good leaders do have a strong uh, belief system uh, I think the second thing in terms of inspiration is, um, you know, you may be in a particular organization today uh, that where, however it got where it's at, it's where it's at. But um, I think that, that you take inspiration from all the other places uh, that you've been, uh, maybe where the things are exactly the opposite. And you think about uh, maybe what can I do to sort of um, – Move that or move the organization in very small ways towards that, towards the way that I thought that things ought to go. Like, what what are the behaviors that I can do that would that would help it, you know, help that? Um, just those types of things. So those are like first in, inspiration comes from from yourself, and then secondly, it should come from uh, you know the positive experiences that you've had. And I think between those two, you can probably craft. Uh, a way to get up and, and, you know, come in the morning and get things done. 
So, I mean, I, I read a book called Fish where they say that, okay, if you cannot change the environment, you bring the, the best attitude and that would make a difference. So that, that definitely message is there. But then at, at a given time, do you think the responsibility of the middle leader towards the organization, of course, is recognized because of the very the, the paycheck that they're getting, but is there any organizational responsibility back to that middle leader? Is there something possible even when the the times are not as conducive and the culture is not there. Is there anyone within the organization who would stand outside of that situation and say, hey, look, I have so many people who otherwise are great performers, but they're totally, you know, uh, biting the dust, if you will, because they don't know where to go and I need to help them. So who would that be? Well, I, I think that, you know, if an organization's ineffective, you're going you're gonna to see that kind of right away. And those things tend to be self-correcting, right? So again, you go back to the idea of a publicly traded corporation at the top. If it languishes for long enough, you'll see that sort of correct. And then there's a very natural uh, a tendency that when you've got changes in leadership, you'll see, you'll see, you know, other parts of the leadership are, are moved or, or changed out or new people come in and that changes the culture. And so those things have a natural tendency to correct themselves. Uh, affecting those, t- you know, affecting big things like culture uh, as as a uh, say a middle manager, middle leader uh, in a in a larger organization is difficult. The only thing you can really affect is yourself and how you're perceived by those around you. Uh, even in even in a bad organization, you know, you see people that are very good, and quite honestly. Um, you know, if if you like, if 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 you're doing the if you're doing the things that you're supposed to do, like you are uh, executing to the best of your ability, ability, you're owning uh, the message that's coming down, whatever it is, you're 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 executing to that, you're doing that, you've got a positive attitude. Uh, even if some other uh, executive goes somewhere else, you may be getting a phone call, <laughs> which may solve that situation in itself. Um, so you should always be doing those kinds of things. Now, if, if suppose someone is a middle leader and, and they have an idea which may be better than their boss's idea and also have more knowledge on a subject matter, which I know a top leader would appreciate. However, when those ideas and knowledge is shared where the other person might feel, who is he telling? I know better than this. Or it may come across as patronizing. Are there any any tips or techniques for someone like them to not not come across as patronizing and in that same process are able to use the ones who are able to I mean and, and basically partner with them so not patronize and rather partner with the, 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 the their bosses or the top leaders in such a way so that they create a better level of influence on everyone who are below them like their reportees with an end goal to create a successful team environment with an end goal of creating more value Wait, run that by me again. So, the, so you want so, to... Yeah, the top guys have some knowledge yeah. and some ideas. You two have them, but your ideas are better. And you know it. And you want to make sure that you want their blessing, but in a way you're leading them, right? So you want to lead them, but don't want to come across as patronizing. Yeah. So How I'd do you do that, that? Well, I mean, a, a good way is, is... I mean, another thing about being effective is... I, in all honesty, you you do something. All right, sometimes, and you got to be very careful. So 
sometimes it's easier to uh, beg for forgiveness than ask permission. Got to be careful with that, but I would say that's a truism. It's, it's a lot easier. Being successful doesn't necessarily lead to a lot of uh, need for forgiveness. So if your ideas are better and you can execute to them and get something done, that would be one. Two, give the credit to your boss. Those around you will know who actually did it or where it came from. Give the credit to your boss. Okay, so those are great some 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 great tips. Now, one la- last question I have is: Are there any boundaries when you are trying to lead from the middle and be influential? And it's not that you are trying to step on anyone's toes or or try to come across as that grandiose uh, effort to to go and lead. What any are there any boundaries one must observe as a middle yeah, manager? I- well, I think that, that we've been over them, and I'll just reiterate them because I think they're so very important. And that's the idea that, uh, again, it's when you've, when, like, when you've been given direction from your leadership, you need, to own that. you need to own that to those around you and to those beneath you. You can only complain up. You can't complain down or around. You can commiserate, you know, with your boss – if, but if that's where it's coming from, you really don't have that. I don't know. Talk to your dog. Um, but the the idea is that you have to own those things and, and and understand that that's the price. That's that that's the genuineness that people would see around you. You come across as trustworthy. You come across as and you have to own it and believe it. Like okay, this is it. I'm going to do this, and then execute to that with with uh, with with no reservations. No. Uh, uh, gee, if we'd done it my way, it would have been better. So in the same context, when you say the boss had an idea or wanted to get something done, and you say, you know, I have a better idea, or let's not do it, and you still get to do it, so you, I use the, your phrase, shut up and soldier. That's one, one context. Another is that you want to be a leader from the middle. You have a great idea, and you want to get that across, and then that's getting shot down. Are there any boundaries to it? And again, do you just say, okay, somebody's not understanding or, or you know, recognizing what I'm bringing to the table. You again shut up and do what you're supposed to do. Is that the boundary then? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think that's what you're, you're supposed, I mean, that's where, I mean, you don't want to take it to the nth degree, right? You know, but, but the idea is that you're like the, the, the whole point of, the whole point of, of, of leadership is, you know, can you create a, you know, the, the sense that you have integrity, like things that erode integrity are, um, are small, you know, little types of things that sort of go against what you've been asked to do. And, um, okay. You you don't, I, I don't know how best, I don't know how best to explain it other than that. No, this is this is great input. No, I mean, thank you so much for uh, you know the the way you explain both areas. You know, whether you have an, an idea or your boss has an idea, how to handle it. So, on behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Bruce. This was a great conversation. I think uh, that we, we we dug deeper into seeing how we can help develop and, in fact, have help these the harness these three hundred and sixty leaders that are developing within an organization. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Thank you.
And listeners, enjoyed the conversation and hope uh, you like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn group. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.